Welcome to the Mind Heart Muscle Podcast, where we explore the body and mind connection, train our hearts and souls, and understand what it is to be human. We connect with authors, coaches, and entrepreneurs from all over the world to both challenge and develop the way we think and approach our life. If you want to become the best version of yourself, have better relationships, and optimize your health, you'll learn that and much more here. We know you'll enjoy the show, so here we go. All right. Welcome to Mind, Heart, Muscle. We're with Ron White and our new, very new friend, Brandon Powell, who is someone we've been really looking forward to getting to talk to and share some stories with. I'll let him introduce himself um, before I mess it up because we had only just met. So Brandon, give us a quick, um, a quick intro. What's your story? Uh, my story. That, that's a, that's a 45 year long story. Uh, <laughs> That my uh, my story, I think, in regards to to uh, you guys is that I am a fitness professional. I've been in um, the business for 20 plus years now, and um, I have uh, I work as a private trainer, but I also teach uh, classes, um, you know, in, in the States and and abroad and what I do is I, I'm basically at what I would consider myself as a self-defense coach overall. Um, I combine methodologies that I believe bring security to the body uh, internally and externally. And so that's, that's sort of my professional uh, breakdown in that way. You know, I mean, you could obviously dive much deeper into the methodologies that I bring together, but um, I am not necessarily a conventional trainer. The things that I'm uh, after, though, do uh, all, you know, relate back to self-defense. Speaking of self-defense, I would really love to break the ice on this. And one of the things that I that I want to ask every black belt that I ever get to talk to is, have you ever gotten to use your jujitsu as self-defense? Um, since I've been a black belt... No, but before uh, there were, I, I, I'll tell you this, man, I, I, I used to work in um, clubs and bars for years. So if that tells you anything, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time uh, around people who were, you know, um, who didn't mind a fight and, and you know, they, they, uh, they sometimes were looking for them. So there were definitely um, altercations there. Um, but no, not since, not since the black belt, I haven't ever, uh, had any situations. I hear that a lot from, uh, practitioners, uh, that they worked in bars and they, they bounced. I have a client did that for a long time. He's a purple belt, jujitsu purple belt, and, uh, gets to use his jujitsu all the time as a corrections officer. And when he was bouncing and working, working clubs, it, it became something that was 
so uh, so necessary. And I love what you said, Brandon, that how you described your martial arts um, training, your coaching is as, as a methodology that brings security to the body. Can you elaborate on that? Because that's a really deep uh, and intricate way of describing martial arts. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, movement is an extension of the body. And when if we learn to move properly, uh, which can be, you know, obviously there are many, there's many ways to move the body, but I do believe that there are ways to stay within a parameter that keeps us secure and safe. And what I, so, so that's one extension of what I'm, what I'm teaching. And basically what I mean by that is that, um, you know, the body obviously has design and the design, uh, you know, has a, um, the design I would say has inherent or innate potentials and they're, they're not always guaranteed, you know, like for instance, we have two legs that theoretically means we should be able to run, but not everybody can run, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so there are, uh, you know, for me, there are these inherent innate, let's call it a coding that's on the system that can either be maintained, it can be, um, it can be built upon. So, you know, you can really go, you you know, uh, you can go deep with this. And this is not something that's uh, arbitrary, I can get into breaking this down a little bit more, um, you know, with a a little deeper with more context uh, in a minute, but I'll just finish what I was saying by, you know, saying that I think the security aspect is that we train these um, innate potentials that we have um, in order to derive, um, you know, a, a stronger, more resilient um, body internally and externally. So whether you're doing, um, you know, what I would consider to be conditioning work, you know, of different variations, right? You know, conditioning the body to be strong externally, but then there's also the internal conditioning, uh, whether it be, you know, anything from, let's say, concentration focus meditations to the breath work, which really, you know, you know, has a impact on the internal body, the, the organs and so forth. So security is to me just, um, really, you know, utilizing these things that are, are, I think, innately human. And if we take advantage of them, then we can, um, you know, so for instance, martial arts in relations to in, re- in relation to fighting, you know, fighting is is a natural human thing. It's a natural animal thing, right? So the, the or really, it's a natural anything. I mean, we're, everything's fighting to stay alive. You know, if there's life, there's a fight. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you train that? You know, do you, do you, uh, do you train it by doing martial arts? I mean, well, you know, my, my point is, is that you can take advantage and make the, uh, this thing that is human a, a skill and, and an art form. And so for me, the security comes by, you know, just kind of recognizing these potentials and then taking advantage of them. It 
it's uh, it's funny that you you say like people have two legs, they should be able to run. There's a, and it's an innate thing to be able to run, to be able to breathe, to be able to defend yourself. And um, I'm reading, reading a book right now, um, Jordan Peterson book, the philosophical guy. And, and he talks Love about, it. yeah, yeah. His newest book, Beyond Order, fantastic. I've he read it. Oh, you have already. Nice. So, so he talked about how learning is, well, reiterating what something learning is, uh, is the act of remembering. And every time you learn something new, you're actually unlocking something you already had inside of you, something that was dormant. So, you know, people were born, people are born with the ability to do, do what they need to do, do everything, learn everything. No, we have the knowledge in us already. And then repeated exposure and practice, deep practice gets us and allows us to bring this out and, and utilize it. Are, you know, are, do you, do you see the self-defense as something people have within already and and how how is that true well i think if you watch kids you'll see them wrestle and you'll see them punch and slap and kick and do everything that you know is sparring in nature and and uh so i don't i think it is i think it is kind of <laughs> innate in us you know um i also think if you know if you watch children um, from their crawling patterns forward, you can see their movement potentials. So you can really see, uh, you know, because the crawl becomes the walk, becomes the run and the throw and the jump and the swing and the sling. And so there's, you know, there's all of these motions that are built right from the, the, the crawl. So, you know, I do think that there is something that's in, in, uh, very inherent about it and we're we're you know we just we have the ability to focus and concentrate with our consciousness daily on it and you know and essentially bring it to fruition and at what point does the breathing come into play in, in every moment mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean i breath, knew he was gonna say that <laughs> uh, you know breath is is life so there's you know there's no separation from the breath and the body until there is and when there is then it's over this is, this so, is all a new it's all a new concept to me i have a very vague understanding um outside of the feeling that hey when i'm in check with where my breathing is at in this current moment, I'm also in check with how I'm feeling. There's a lot of why, how, what is happening inside of me that is causing, causing me to think more clearly, to react with more rational, rationalization, to process things better. Uh, and uh, I know, there's a, a lot of human beings that do not have an understanding of this. So uh, it would be great for you to help us understand what is happening when we get 
our breath under control? Well, I mean, if you're if, if there's a scenario, I can really pinpoint some certain uh, things. But if you're just talking overall, you know, the breath is going to be it's an autonomic response, right? We, we breathe whether we concentrate on it or not, but we have the ability to concentrate on it, which allows us to, you know, manipulate things. And I believe it's a doorway into deeper aspects of our autonomic nervous system. And the, the breath essentially um, regulates, you know, so many functions. I mean, so if you're, if you're, you know, your heart rate, for instance, your, um, you know, if you're maybe your nervous system, you know, lymphatic system, everything is going to be connected to the breath. Um, but in, response to, you know, uh, something occurring like a stress, you know, um, you can utilize the breath in the moment to sort of define which direction you're going in. You know, um, the way I look at it is you, you have a forward and backward and, and an in-between and that in-between is the freeze state. And that freeze state is essentially where, you know, all of the analytical stuff is going on i mean we're 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 trying to figure out if it's worth it you know i mean we're 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 judging um uh the forward and the backward and you could you could consider it like fight and flight but you know um i'm just saying that we have a forward energy and a backward energy um into stress or or out of it and if we decide to lean into it the breath becomes imperative. I mean, you think about it, like, I don't know if you've ever been in a really intense situation, but if you guys do jujitsu, that alone can be intense enough. You know, immediately when you're in a bad situation, how loud your breath becomes, you know, you know, you become really aware of like uh, how stressed you are, you know, and, or you can become that, you know, and I think it, it it's actually a great, uh, it's a great mechanism in the body you know, fear, the recognition of the, the, you know, the, the recognition of, you know, the body's responses to the moment there. Um, it, that's a great way to now take advantage of things and, or uh, figure out what's working for you and what's not. And the breath ultimately will mitigate so much of the stress, you know, I mean, I think for me, one of the big influences was Hicks and Gracie uh, back in the day. You know, he was sort of a, uh, you know, he was the rock star uh, when, when I was looking at jujitsu uh, 20 plus years ago and <laughs> Hickson um, had all of these really interesting modalities of training that he brought together and was very, it was very influential to people, whether it be the uh, breathing, um, the, 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 you know, he, he, he was one of the first people that kind of turned me on to the idea of utilizing the cold as a training tool, which is a big one for me. Uh, one of my favorite ways to train. And so you know, and then mixing it with jujitsu and obviously leaning into the stress going forward into the fight. Um, and if you're doing that, the breath in the moment, I mean, in the moment, um, can determine uh, or be a indicator of where you are. So you can either take control of your breathing, 
um, as so many people. And, and I, th this is something that I believe you have to practice if you want to do it. It's just like any, you know, what I would consider to be human art form. You have to really work at it to get good at it. But it, the breathing is something we do so much that it doesn't take that long. You can actually you get pretty comfortable utilizing the breath pretty quickly if you train it daily. So the point. That's on your end too? Yeah. He'll come back. It offers you the ability to overreact. Did I lose you guys? Yeah, a little bit. We got cut off in the last couple of sentences. Still okay, there. sorry about that. Yeah. I'm here. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Yeah. Good internet connection. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Is it still a delay? You're good now. Yeah, we got you now. Okay, good. All right, good. So anyway, sorry about that. Um, uh, I, I just think it's the it's it's the first it's the lowest grabbing fruit fruit you know um, to utilize in just about anything that you're going to do. I mean, you know, in any form of, of, um, physical endeavor, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's the thing you, you need to be aware of is your breathing. You guys with me still? Yeah, I hear you. We talk so much about the leaning into stress that you had <laughs> mentioned. Uh, we talk about that all the time and, and how important it is to, Put yourself into those really difficult, stressful situations. That's partly why we continue to do practice jujitsu. Like someone's on, you know, on top of you, you know, mounting you. How how do you react? And what what every little movement, every choice you make is going to be matter because they're waiting. They're waiting for you to make that move. And the more you lean into it, the better the better you get at handling those situations. Um, is it, is it that we can, with our breath, slow down and think this is what I've been uh, talking a lot, talking about a lot with clients when I notice their breathing is way up here and, and they're talking so fast and, and they're stressed out and you can tell, and we, we try to put them into these really tough situations, put them through workouts and, and get them a little uncomfortable so that they can interpret what's happening and, and learn a little bit more about how they can control that. Is that the fight or flight state where you are in that um, response, you're stressed out and you are still in control? Is that, the, is that an important place to be? Is that something that we want to aim for often? Um, well, people believe, spend too I much believe, time there. I mean, I believe it's an, an inevitability. You know, we're going to yeah. be there at some point. <laughs> you can only run for so long. Um, you know, so listen, you're going to either, you're either going to be, in control or, and I say in control, I just mean in control of your own reactions um, or not. And those, you know, so either you're getting worked by it or, or you're working it. And, 
my thought is, is that the breath is something to, to, you know, like I said, I use it as like an, I, it's, it's almost like an indicator. Um, I don't think it's possible to be overly conscious of your breathing when you're, you know, really deep into something, right? If you're in flow and you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're getting after something. You're doing anything that, uh, you know, set, you know, when you're, your breathing just allows you to, uh, it's a doorway into what's going on. So, you know, if you're, I think what's good to understand is the actual physiological responses that occur when you do certain things with your breath. For instance, if you breathe really fast and you're blowing off a lot of CO2, you're not going to be able to essentially utilize oxygen the way that you would want to. So there's a good reason that if you, you know, it's like redlining. I mean, if you're, if you're jacking your breath up, um, because you're breathing really fast, really shallow, maybe blowing off again, what we call blowing off CO2, this, uh, can have an effect where oxygen utilization will actually start to go down. So your oxygen saturation is going down now. Um, you know, so this is not ideal, right? So we would want to control that. And there are obviously different ways that you can deescalate from these stress situations. These are the things that I teach, you know, is what I what I do with my resiliency training um, is put people in very stressful situations, so that they have a breath response, you know, like the ice, for instance, you know, you put people in the ice water, there's going to be a breathing response there. Mm. You can suppress it if you want to, but, you know, it's not, it, it's going to be, it's, your body is going to have a physiological response to the ice, right? So when you get into that water um, and, you know, the idea is right then in the moment, take advantage of that breathing response and, and deescalate, calm down and get in control. And then you can really see the potentials of the various stress, right? So if, if you're, uh, if you're predisposed to panic before you can actually witness what's going on, it's like, if, if you, it's, it's like entering into anything and, and, and never really getting the opportunity to own it, you know, to really say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going through it. So I might as well try to find some pleasure in it. Right. Especially like a competition or a, um, you know, uh, maybe you jump out of an airplane. I don't know there, you know, you can, I could name a hundred examples, but the idea is, is when the stress is on you, um, if you, especially if you chose it, why would you not want to take advantage of it and you know, and witness it? And, and I think, um, the first thing that happens, especially if the situation is, is intense, is you're going to have a breath reaction and then you can, uh, then, uh, you know, figure out where you are, you know? Um, and the more you practice, just like anything, the easier it becomes, so if you do the ice all the time, if you train in, in that type of stress a lot, it, it won't it won't be the same as the very first time. But it will always guarantee that there's going to be some kind of response. So it's, you know, there you never enter the ice 
absent-mindedly. You know, you're always going to be mentally focused, like this is what I'm going to do. And quite often, and this is really, I think, amazing, uh, you know, I mean, in a way, when you think about it, is that the nervous system is already preparing itself for the endeavor prior to you really concentrating on it. So if, if, if you have this intention to go towards something stressful, and especially if it's a, a repeatable thing, your body is going to know what to start to do. And you can take advantage of all of these responses. So it's like if you're entering the gym, you know you're going to go and have this particular um, training session, you, you, your body already knows what it, what it, what it needs to do. So it's just about putting your mind in the right place. And probably one of the single best ways to do that is to concentrate on the breath, focus, and then move forward. Where were you, Brandon, when, when you found all this, the, the, the breath work, what, what was happening in your life that, that this was the thing you needed uh, so much so that you became an expert in the field, a teacher of it? Well, I mean, I, I never set out to really be a teacher. Mm. It's, it's something that, you know, um, has just come about. It's a great way to pay the bills while you're, uh, you know, want to be neck deep eyeballs deep into something that you really love, you know? And for me, it's, 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 it's simply that it's a, it's about enjoying, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean you enjoy it every day, but it just means that you have a passion for something. Um, I've always been like that. Uh, you know, um, I, I have, my first love is probably music. I grew up in a very musical family. Uh, a lot of, passionate people that wanted to, you know, express through music. And, um, you know, so, and here I am still sitting in my music studio. Uh, you know, I just, I have a passion for it. I love it. And I've integrated it into my work. Um, you know, I also wanted to be a ninja when I was a kid. I mean, I think that was like, you know, the <laughs> back then that was, that, that was the thing to be. And, uh, so, you know, it, it really, it's, it's just chasing those things, man. I'm, I'm, uh, the, I'm an eternal kid. I, you know, I, I want to do things that, that, and I believe as I've gone through life, um, that these things are not arbitrary, that the reason they bring about joy and the reason they bring about, uh, the desire to continue to do them through through life is because they are us they are what is human you know i believe in a grand design this puts me in a specific type of camp maybe i don't know but i believe in a grand design and i believe that the design uh is uh can be very visible it's something we can recognize we can see um you know you can study certain things um and i'd be happy to talk about that a little bit but you know, um, I'm a part of a coaching collective uh, that's called GOTA, and the concept is is that we're we're looking at uh, what we call the four super tribes. Okay, so you know, this is a total. I'm I'm 
I'm getting away from your question, man, but I'm, I'm basically, you know, I would say where I was is that, like I, like I said, I'm the eternal kid, man. I just want to do things that, that keep me, you know, um, engaged and, uh, and I believe these things are, are human, you know? And so going back to the Gota, the, the idea is, is that Gota is it, it's, we're, we're, we're trying to identify, something specifically and i shouldn't say we we went into it in order to identify it but the identification became uh it became apparent as the study was done and the idea is is that humans uh and this will go to your security uh question a little bit humans have a uh security system built into the body that can be witnessed um and this informs all of our forward locomotion, you know, and the, the idea is, is that, um, the, the, the way we, uh, we, we crawl is sort of a, is sort of what well, it is. It's the grand design to all of our forward locomotion. So let's just say the crawl is just this thing, right? All babies crawl. I mean, that's not necessarily the truth, but you know what I mean? The idea is that, all babies crawl and the the crawling mechanism um, is the first thing we we look at so the crawling mechanism uh, and and especially in what is known as late stage crawlers and these are babies who maintain their crawling because they can do it uh, so efficiently so they keep doing it you know and maybe you they don't have parents who are constantly trying to stand them up they just allow the baby to progress right and the baby prefers to crawl because he's so good at it so those are late stage crawling babies then we look at the indigenous people of the world um because they have the oldest genetics and because these people uh have maintained maybe particular lifestyles uh you know as far back as we can see right and then we look at super athletes who have maintained multi-decade careers without any non-contact catastrophic injuries. And then we look at late stage athletics like marathoners in their 70s, 80s, 90s, right? And what they're doing and how they do it. And pretty much what we're really after is showing people that the reason that athletes, amongst other people, I mean, this is just this is for all people, but we can look at athletes who are under a high stress demand, let's say a football player. Um, and you know, he has a multi-million dollar contract. So a lot of stress to maintain, be a good athlete, uh, be the top of his game, but is sidelined with injury. So we wanted to understand where the injuries were coming from. And when we study the injuries, what we see is a repetition in the movement and the movement being, uh, basically a detriment to their, um, you know, to their, <clears throat> essentially their skill set. So the movement being paradoxical and not helping them perform properly. And what, and this is something you can witness over and over again, and it's the same sort of movement. So let's say for ACL shreds, calf tears, uh, you know, um, uh, Achilles, uh, shreds, you know, these things, uh, seem to be coming out of a particular driving motion off the instep of the foot, which 
is basically a paradoxical forward locomotion movement when you go back and you study these four super tribes that I was talking about earlier. So when you look at them, they all have this very similar, almost identical in some ways, movement pattern that keeps them secure. So think, um, I mean, and you know, look, you got to kind of take this with a, I don't say with a grain of salt, but you have to take this. This is a not a hundred percent, but it's very close. And so here's what I'm saying. You look at a guy like Tom Brady and Tom Brady's had this long, illustrious career with virtually no non-contact catastrophic injuries. Has he had an injury here or there? I'm sure he has, but they've been, they haven't deterred his game at all. Right. And when you look at his movement pattern, his movement pattern follows in the same way that maybe a indigenous runner works. Okay. These indigenous runners who have these long lifespans and, uh, and can run for years, their feet are working in the same way that Brady's feet are, are, are working in the same way that say Michael Jordan's feet are, are working in the same way that, I mean, and I could go down a list of athletes. It, it's not about, um, gender or race or anything like that. It's, it's a movement pattern that's innate to humans. And so this is a, this is something that I teach and coach and, uh, and we utilize this along with breathing, um, proper breathing mechanics in the moment, because, you know, all of this coming together creates this, like I said, a, a, like a major security system. And really what it does is it removes people from pain. And this is a huge aspect. So one of the big things that I was always interested in, in my youth, um, was the removal of pain. Um, and, uh, you know, through various um, situations in life, I've experienced pain in different ways. And so I was really, just like anyone, but I was really interested in not living in a state of pain. And so these things that I have moved towards, uh, and this could be, again, internal or external, you know, whether it's uh, depression or whether it's something physic physical ailment, you know, I was always interested in uh, homeostasis. I wanted to feel good. You know, I wanted to escape all this stuff. So everything leads me back to that with the security. And the idea is, is again, um, I'm not interested in, I'm interested in looking at the body um, as, as a part of its grand design, you know, I believe that there are, um, and this is, uh, this, this kind of goes into a side, uh, another side of my training and things that I'm really interested in. And it, 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 it's, it shows with the people that I work with. Um, I'm really fascinated with, you know, the, let's say the underpinning geometries of the constructs of the universe. All right. Mm -hmm. so, all right. So what I mean is, is that if you, you know, there's a reason that uh, things take certain shape, right? And in these shapes lies uh, a reoccurring geometry. If you think about like from the grandest scale to the most, you know, from the macro to the micro, if you look at, um, say, the, the, the vortex energy, Right. If you look at like the 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 cosmos is is in motion and it's swirling. Right. It's spinning. It's 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 uh, it's in spiral form. And then if you look all the way down to the 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 seashell and you see that same spiral form right there. I don't believe that that's an arbitrary thing. And I believe that our our human body 
works in this same frame. So when you understand the geometries and the forms that we're supposed to be moving in, um, these are something that can be overlaid and applied in a way to keep you strong and secure in your motions. Uh, and when you're outside of these things, this is where compensatory patterns are formed in your movement. And these compensatory patterns will ultimately lead to these various injuries that we can pretty much pinpoint and say, you're, the way you move is going to lead to an ACL shred. The way you move is going to lead to an Achilles tear or so forth. Mm. So these, 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 these identifiers, these things, this is always the things I've been chasing my whole life, um, you know, uh, for various reasons. I've always been interested in things that, um, you know, seemed to be innately human. There's you know? rules to it in a way. There are. There are. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, on the physical plane, there are rules. Jump out of a window and tell me how, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's there, there are rules, you know, on a, um, on a mental plane. I mean, the potentials are unlimited. You're in a, in a way you say jump out of a window that's interrupting the natural pattern, the natural order of what's supposed to be yeah. right. Interacting with gravity in a way you don't really want to. Well, that too, <laughs> you, you must be familiar with the, the work of Walter Russell. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my first um, jujitsu uh, teacher, Joe Capizzi was into oh, that yeah. stuff you yeah you train with joe i well, trained under joe yeah <laughs> so 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 joe is a good he's a big follower of the vortex mathematics oh man yeah that. tell me about it yeah so that's my brother so randy powell if you if joe joe were has brought randy to new york to uh to speak on on this stuff um yeah so absolutely very cool very cool yeah. it's all really connected there's a there's a reason uh, and probably, you know, maybe, maybe you think I'm just crazy like Joe, <laughs> but, but, but ultimately, um, well, Joe's crazy for in his own way, but brilliant, brilliant guy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. The Capizzi lock, man. Mm -hmm. I still, I still use it. Um, Love it. it. <laughs> yeah. So the, you know, the thing is, is that, um, <clears throat> there is, you know, I think not everybody is going to be interested in this, but there are definitely, um, you know, some real depths to things that if you are interested in looking at them, they're there for you. And, you know, that was uh, another thing, you know, um, altering consciousness was another big part of my existence, you know, whether it, mm. it be through um, the enrapture that you can experience uh, through music you know, where you can just totally lose yourself in it um, to, you know, various um, uh, psychedelic experiences through life um, that have come either on the natch or with a little help. And, you know, e any of this stuff, these things that that allow you to step outside of, you know, the mundane uh, in a way that, you know, are peak experiences in themselves. I mean, they're not necessarily uh, valuable if they're not integrated and, and utilized, um, you know, but I do believe that all of these things can lead you to being a better person overall, you know? So these are things that have always informed uh, my forward progression. 
You guys still with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay, pro- cool. Processing. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you have something to say, Ron. I was giving you a second. Uh, I could, I could keep going, man. Uh, I mean, this is for me. This is all like new stuff, and I'm just taking it all in. Uh, Matt, you seem to have some experience in the things that he's talking about. So, uh, it's, we, you know, it's it's a thing. <laughs> I have not gone that far deep and I find it fascinating because there's just like just like people tell stories to explain the things that are happening around them there's there's other ways and and I I I find it so interesting that that's how you've you've come to where you're at now Brandon in, in the you know the discovery of what it what it is to be human in a way and what what rules we have and how we can how we can even break them and manipulate them. You can change your level of consciousness with the breath. That's something that I've uh, experienced for sure. Ron has too. And, and you said something before better move about better movement and how, yeah, if you, you can watch the way somebody plants their foot when they run and tell, okay, this, this person's going to get hurt at some point. Is it, is it that they're, their movement patterns have been interrupted over time, or is it that they, you know, do they have a, a code that was written the wrong way and then it has to be rewritten? How, how does that happen? And, and does that equate to, you had brought up some pretty prolific people, Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, like does their better movement equate to uh, their success in life? What well, doesn't hurt. <laughs> You know, really? sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, because you have good movement skills. Um, and I would just say, let, let's look at it like this. The way that the language that we utilize in our collective is to say that, that, and we try to simplify things just, just so that everybody can, you know, eight or 80, we can all have the same conversation is, is that because I can teach my kids, I can see, look at it this way. It's the environment that's setting you up. Okay, so that can mean so many things, right? Um, You know, but when you look at some of these athletes, um, yes, the ones that maintain their what we would call coding, um, which is to say that the body, again, in in our perception, um, works within these spiral waveforms. So we're not linear beings. We're not Legos. You know, we, we rotate and we twist in our movements and our movements. Um, when we're let, let's say like a, take a, for instance, a ball of the foot athlete. Okay. You understand what I mean? When I say that a ball of the foot athlete, an athlete that is going to spend their time on the balls of their feet running most of the time running being the, the primitive most primal or um, what am I saying? The, The most, um, let's just say the base of all their skills is going to be based on their running. So if they can't run they're they're not going to be in the sport. Um, you will see a lot of these patterns are similar and you've probably seen people who have these patterns. Maybe you have them. I mean, it's, it's as easy as an assessment to know. Um, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's one of those things. Um, so what I'm saying is, is that if you have a, a forward moving pattern, 
you're meant to move in in what we would call pressure and release forms. So when I step forward, my foot hits the ground, it, it's absorbing energy. That energy transfer uh, will be determined through the conduit and shape of the form. So if I step and my form is out of sync, meaning my knee isn't where it's supposed to be, my hip isn't where it's supposed to be, my shoulder, and the reason I could have lost it, maybe it's genetic, potentially, um, but genetics can also be, you know, developed, you know, or, or informed through, you know, the way you're raised through your parents and so forth. Like if, if, if maybe they have something and then you see it happen all the time. And so you're predisposed to it. Like I knew a person who grew up with a person with a limp, his father had a limp. And so he had a limp for a, a long time in his life. It's really interesting. Um, you know, it doesn't always work like that, but it, it can. And the, what we're looking at is, these patterns that, and again, you see it in the indigenous people where their environment basically hasn't changed all that much in several thousand years, right? They've, they've had the same environment. So they, they maintain these movement patterns really well. And these patterns, um, they, again, being in this, you know, what we would call this um, um, maybe nature's math, right? Uh, you know, we do have re reoccurring patterns over and over and over again. Right. I mean, and, and you can, again, maybe this isn't the podcast to go into <laughs> of that, but the point is, is that this math is something that you can overlay clearly on our movement and you can see how the design works. So we can lose the pattern. Um, and I'll just say it, we can lose the pattern through bad information um, you know, it could be bad coaching on one end. So you can take an athlete who maybe let's say up, up the, uh, through his, uh, you know, young life, he really had these patterns ingrained in him and you can introduce them to, uh, types of training that will be a detriment to them that will essentially basically create these compensatory patterns. Um, you could, who's the famous basketball player right now who's injured? You, you guys know, do you follow basketball at all? I don't really either all that much, but I know that LeBron James is injured, right? And LeBron is injured because we would say that he's, he's lost his patterning. And the way that he jumps, the way that he lands is going to continue to put pressure uh, in the worst possible way on his joints. The, uh, we would say that it comes from bad coaching and you know, that, that uh, it's, it's not that he had the patterning before and he's so, he's so skilled. You can go your skill set and your movement patterns aren't necessarily integrated. Do you understand? But mm -hmm. when they are okay. And you don't have to be taught this stuff. That's the point. We're not, we're not saying that we're, we have the, 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 special teaching though we are training within the parameters of it we're saying we've identified it and the identification comes through slow motion uh documentation so it's it's kind of like what do you trust um do you you know the the you know 
10,000 plus hours of slow motion documentation to show you that these athletes that maintain their careers have this particular movement pattern. When you see it, you'll see it. You'll be like, okay, I recognize it. And then you can see it in these other patterns. And it doesn't matter if it's a guy like uh, maybe Barry Sanders, that's an old football player, right? You know, that I'm, I'm dating myself could be Dion. <laughs> Dion Sanders had Dion Sanders had the uh, ability as well, or it could be Roger Federer, or it could be, uh, Sabrina Williams or the, these, all of these people have these patterns and this is why they've maintained illustrious careers. <laughs> and, um, uh, so we're seeing more and more multi-million dollar uh, athletes come to our training facilities, either the uh, base facility in New Orleans or various coaches around, uh, really around the world that are, that are involved in this type of training. And, you know, um, what I bring to it is I'm, I'm interested because, you know, guys like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson has this ability, you know, he has this, uh, these patterns built in very well. And that's why he's still in his fifties, still boxing, you know, after the roller coaster of a life that he's lived, um, you know, he, he's, his body still holds up. It can still go, you know, and the, the reason is, is cause he's no long uh, or no crazy injury that, that put him through, you know, um, and when you see these guys who had the injuries repetitively, even with the high skill set, I'll give a, for instance, uh, I'm a big fan, but he's a terrible mover is George St. Pierre. Um, have you ever noticed when George St. Pierre does a backflip, like what his legs look like when he lands? Have I know you- exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So, so that's bad. Okay. <laughs> and, and he's also had uh, knee surgeries. So when you look at all the, the injuries that have occurred with him, that's, I would say that's the reason he left MMA. Um, it was, it was the, it was just the reoccurring knee injuries. And when you watch him run, he's a terrible runner and he's, he's, you know, amazing martial artist and his martial arts skill set um, is not something that is a, the problem. It's the problem is all of the other external training that's going behind the scenes that is leading to these injuries. So anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I, I might've taken this in a little different direction than. What, what <laughs> no, your, it's, what it's actually like. cool. You got to something I've been uh, thinking about for a long time as a coach and, um, and what I want to, you know, actually something I wanted to get to today is that mind body connection and what it really means. Um, where was my thought? <laughs> so, so we coach, you know, we coach athletes, uh, pseudo athletes, right? CrossFit participants, I'll call them people who come in with a base level of movement patterns, um, you know, knees collapsing, shoulder, shoulder abduction issues, poor posture, things like that. And can you still hear me? Yeah. He keeps going in and out. Uh, and, and then we introduce better movement patterns, right? Or ideal movement patterns for specific things. Yeah. I'm, it, yeah it's going out. In the- Is it? Oh man. I got you. I'm yeah. 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 So we introduce these movement patterns, these new skill sets to people who have innately poor movement patterns, right? Um, because of lack of experience, training age, whatever it might be. And then their internal mechanisms are to do one thing and we're coaching them to do a different thing. That's the 
it's a when the mind, the skill set comes in and the body responds differently, right? The body is not prepared to appropriately move, right? You're, you're sending a signal the, in, and although they might know, hey, this is how you do a snatch, right? I understand it. I can conceptualize it. I can, I can see it and know what to do and even repeat it back. And then when they try it, their body is not responding in the, the way they want it to. And that's what I'm, I was imagining as you were describing that, Brandon, is that when, when the, the, the patterns that they have, that, they, that exist in them already, that exist in an athlete and their skill set do not equate, that's when injury starts to occur. So, so what's, the, what's the path there to, and I, I believe we, we already have an idea of the answer, we practice this as well, but what's the path to um, helping people overcome that boundary, if at all, if it's possible? Is it, is it giving them more appropriate progression? Is it um, dialing back intensity? What, what do you see it as? Well, this, I mean, there's a lot to that, to unpack there. With that question. <laughs> so, you know, the way that I, <clears throat> so I, I'm going to, I'm going to preface by saying that one of my big fascinations with training in general is, you know, getting back to maybe it's a bit of an archaic revival, <laughs> you know, it's just this interest in these these patterns that that I do believe come from iniquity. Uh, um, I'm not I'm sorry, uh, you know, that come from um, uh, antiquity, I didn't mean iniquity, (laughs) but from antiquity, that that essentially means that, that they are as old as as we know. Now, there's many things that a human does, um, you know, that is connected to our deep ancestry. So whether it's, um, you know, um, getting back to nature, let's say, right? This idea that we we feel, you know, what do people do when they, quite often when they're trying to relax, they, they want to shut things off. They want to get away from, you know, what is our modern life? Quite often, you go to a vac- you go to Costa Rica to go on a vacation, right? You go to somewhere where you you can you can just shut off and get away and and live in a hut. You know what I mean? On the water for a few days, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is the this is the dream the dream vacation, right? And the you know, for me, it's these these things that pull me back in time. Um, you know, uh, one of my passions is archery. And so I spend a lot of time with my bow and I do a lot of my training regiments, uh, revolve around me shooting my bow. So, uh, you know, I may have, uh, you know, um, I may be using my bow, utilizing my bow in the middle of a workout. Okay, so this is something that that uh, that I do. It's not something I necessarily recommend to people, but it's just something <laughs> that I do. Okay, and the, you know, this is a an ancient art form. It's extremely old, you know, and holding on to it, um, you know, even in its 
in the 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 modern mechanism of of uh you know the way bows are built these days um you know there's still something that is really ancient and and old to it and the skill set it is so old and so it's it you know draws me in uh maybe going into nature and uh you know um getting into cold water uh this is not something i'm doing because i'm i'm fascinated necessarily with the uh you know the 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 scientific effects of it i'm i'm interested in the direct experience that brings me into something that i feel is is deep but i also feel is fragile and so i feel that these patterns that i'm talking about within your movement or these connections that you have to nature these things are fragile connections. They can be extremely powerful when they're utilized and they can have so much benefit overall. So it's a really fascinating, you know, it's sort of like you can have this robust uh, culture of natives and then you in a, introduce a virus and they're gone like that. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's, there's a fragility to things, um, but there's also a real strength. You know, it's like, like a bone can easily be broken, but yet we've seen guys go through things and it's like they should have broken all kinds of bones and nothing happened, you know? So it's, it's really, you know, there, there is this balance between these two. And so it's kind of like health, you know, it's like the, the guy who's like the ultimate health nut. Um, he's strong as he can be in his, all of his things that he's doing, but then, you know, you change one little thing and he's all out of whack, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, the resilience of these things is what I'm fascinated with. It's if you train, uh, if you isolate something and train something, you know, you will become resilient in it. But, you know, I just believe you should train with intention. You know, don't train to just be going through something habitually that, you know, doesn't really lead you anywhere. And if you're experiencing injury, you should really question what, what it is that, <laughs> you're doing, you know, um, I, uh, um, uh, I feel that, uh, the, the things that I try to take advantage of will give me resilience and you know, there, it's sort of like a yoga system in the sense that you're stretching the body in all these different ways so that you, when you come back to the center, it, you're not so easily pulled from into one thing or the other. You know, you, you maintain balance in the face of, of your adversity, right? And um, so uh, I think, you know, depending on if you share my ideology or not, you know, you, you can look at the, the methodologies that I utilize uh, to help people, my clients and so forth. Um, so it's always, I think everything in a way is sort of, it needs to be at least prescription assessment, or I should say assessment and prescription, mm. you know what I mean? So that you're, you, everybody's different, unique, and should be treated as such, but um, there are these, um, and if you're a Peterson fan, you know, these, these, um, 
you know, hierarchies, patterns, these things that come into play, you know, we don't mind looking at martial arts and thinking, okay, you got to climb the ranks. You know, there's a reason that, that the guy who's been there for 20 plus years has a black belt. And then the guy who's only been there for six months has the white belt. You know I mean? It's there's um, so I think, you know, the deeper you go in, the more resilience you'll create. But I also think that the everything is fragile and that things, you know, you could be the greatest, you could have the greatest skill set and, uh, and then something could happen and it can be taken away just like that. So um, I think for me, it's like, it's this game of, um, you know, this daily game of like alignment, you know, how can I get deeper into the alignment <clears throat> while dealing with shit, like getting old and uh, you know, anything else that, that comes along, you know, that, that can distract you from your path. You know, I mean, I live for those moments and States where it's like time flies by, even though there's a bit, it's bittersweet, you know, time flies by and you just felt like you were just in it. You know, you were just really in it without mm -hmm. being lost to something pulling you in one way or the other, like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, like, uh, so it was, I don't know about you guys, but I lost a lot of that concentration and ability during that time. And, you know, and have been working hard to, to, you know, to keep myself going. That was beautifully said. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to listen back to this episode yeah. <laughs> 100% because the, the fragility aspect, I, yeah. that's, that struck me a ton. And, and Ron and I have both been leaning into the um, assessment and prescription based training more, more so lately. And it's always been there. Now we just have more tools and, it's becoming increasingly apparent that, okay, this doesn't work. All right. Well, what else can we do? What's, what's a different pathway we can take to, to achieve a similar outcome or a similar result. Right. Yeah. To, to wrap this up is we, I could do this all day. I love it, <laughs> man. Um, we could talk about all kinds of stuff. So let's, let's end with this. I want to give listeners something practical something they can implement right now um back to the breath you know how how can we how, what's something people can start doing immediately to begin to at, at the very least have more awareness around these things and uh in the future take full control or as much control as is possible and necessary what can we do uh, well you know first I do believe it's good to, to isolate things, right? So if you, if you just sit down and you want a good, simple practice, I, I don't think there's one that's better than the Wim Hof practice. Mm -hmm. um, you can dial it up, dial it down. But the idea is, is that you want to create a particular physiological state. So doing the Wim Hof practice, which is, you know, uh, it's, a, it's an easy practice, 30 breaths done with a, a, a vigorous inhale and a partial exhale, fully in, letting go, you know, big deep breaths in, letting it go partially, uh, followed by a breath hold. The breath hold is, 
is we're utilizing the bypasses of the blowing off CO2. So we blew off CO2. Now we're going into our breath hold. The breath hold, we utilize this um, this ability to basically, like I said, bypass the trigger that makes you want to take a breath in. So we, we just, um, you know, hold our breath as long as we comfortably can say a minute and a half, uh, or longer is, is minute and a half is that sweet spot. But if you can go three minutes, man, you can really experience some amazing things physiologically. Um, and then, you know, uh, at that moment, and you'll surprise yourself with the breath hold too. If you've ever done the practice, you'll know that it really does suppress the desire to take a breath in. You can hold your breath a lot longer than you think you can. And so you're training hypoxia during that. And then we go into, you know, a recovery breath. It's a single recovery breath. You hold that breath for 10 seconds and that's that completes the round. So 30 breaths, breath, hold, recovery breath. And you just keep cycling through that for about 20 minutes. Okay. So that's a great practice. Very simple. Very simple. We're asking 20 minutes uh, and, you know, minute and a half breath holds. If you can work up to that, you'll be in a great spot. Okay. Um, at that point, uh, you know, when you want to really lean into stress, um, you know, working the breathing patterns, let's say, so there's a good pattern for running. Um, and really it's about maintaining, you know, your, your kind of target heart rate for maybe cardio, um, two inhales to an exhale, right? Two breaths in to a breath out, but think about it through the nose because the nose is where it's really at. So you want to go, And utilizing that double inhale to exhale ratio has shown um, in, in studies to be a really effective tool. And a lot of people, when I say that to them, they'll say, oh, I do that already. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm like, that's exactly right. You do that already because it's the natural way. It's the good way. It's the effective way to do it. And we're programmed to know these things. We've just lost that, you know, it's become atrophied. And so, um, those are great tools, you know, very interesting. Uh, the Wim Hof is just such a powerful practice. You can find a million things online. You can go on um, his website, which I highly recommend, you know, to study the science if you're interested in those aspects of things, because the science is, is very um, uh, concise and it really lets you know uh, what we've accomplished with the breath work, you know? And so, I like to put it to the fire kind of idea that, you know, you're, you're really, um, you know, using something that we know is going to give you a specific result. And, uh, you know, other things would be in a moment of stress where let's say it's too late. And what I mean by that is anxiety, panic, something like that is taken hold, Right. At that point, it's a really good idea to um, slow your breathing, lengthen your exhales, try to get calm, pay attention to your heart rate. You're not trying to drop the heart rate super fast, but you want to you want it to you want a steady decline, right? And the best way to do that is to really extend the exhale. Um, and utilize 
that side of the parasympathetic engagement. So, you know, a practice that I do with a lot of my clients, very simple is just do, um, you know, double the exhale to inhale ratio, right? So, and, and work that up to say, how long can you really do that? Can you take a 10 second inhale and do a 20 second exhale? That's very difficult. Um, and then how many breaths, you know, is that that's three breaths, right? In the uh, three or two breaths, maybe in the minute, you know, two or three breaths in a minute. And so it's good to know. And I think at the highest levels of athletics, um, you really should know this is like, you know, what, how is your breathing informing your fitness? And so these are things that you can study with um, all kinds of, of, you know, apps that are available now. I mean, the, the whoop straps and all this stuff, they give you all your biofeedback, you know, um, you can see how the breath is affecting you in real time, um, whether it's utilizing. Um, so quite often, if we go into something like, let's say, a, a, you know, some kind of exercise, we will ramp up with the, the breath work right prior to it, maybe 20 fast, hard breaths, and then go into the workout and try to actually regulate your breathing through the workout. And you'll notice as you're working out, your heart rate's coming down. So it's really fascinating. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of tricks, man, but without the feedback, it's hard to know exactly what you're getting out of it. But I say, always go for Wim says it. I believe it. Feeling is knowing go with, go with what you feel Mm -hmm. But don't overlook the breath as a tool to really alter and change your physiology. I mean, it's, it's, it, we're beyond that. In 2020 was the biggest year for people seeking out breath work, breath coaches. It was the single biggest fitness. Uh, and I mean, and that makes sense during a time of a respiratory virus that people <laughs> want to learn how to breathe better. Um, and I believe that it's a great tool to keep respiratory viruses at bay. So, you know, it's, it's something that I think it's maybe the, the best way to do it is to just isolate your breathing 20 minutes in the morning and, uh, and then go about your day. And then, you know, there are other methodologies um, that, you know, try to keep you engaged in your breathing throughout the day. You know, there are other training practices out there um, that I don't coach for, but, you know, I'll still plug them a little bit, but, you know, that are very beneficial if you, um, you know, kind of want to just bring yourself back to it throughout the day. Um, You know, these particular protocols can really help you. So anyway, great way to lean into it is to just be aware of it at first, but have, have a practice in your pocket so that you can, you know, have some real tools for real time use, like the double inhale to exhale kind of thing. What can someone expect when they attend a Brandon Powell workshop? Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) Blown. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we're gonna, you're going to get, music you know um getting music okay we're getting um there's gonna be uh basically man the way we do it and you know and i trained under whim directly um and was one of the very first international instructors um and feel like you know in its inception um what I did was I tried to really extrapolate everything I could 
that was purely whim. Like I'm a purist in that way, man. If we, if we come to train something, I want to bring you what I think is the real essence of it. So I bring what I think whim brings, um, which is high energy. It's a, it's a high energy workshop. It's not, you know, it's not like you're, it's not a, it's not a mindfulness kind of thing where you're going to be sitting back going, what's, am I feeling this? What's happening here? You know what I mean? Uh, where you're yawning a lot, any of that kind of stuff. No, man, it's engagement from start to finish. You know, we start, uh, with, with the, the house haka. I bring a, I bring, so it's high energy. Um, you can jump on my Instagram page and search through my videos and you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, what the workshops look like. Um, we go into the breast sessions. The breast sessions are, they're powerful. I mean, they, they just are. And, and, and I love to watch people experience that. So the breast sessions are really powerful. And then, um, the, it's not, I mean, it's not one of those things where you're going to be questioning any, like, am I feeling something? I mean, these things will carry you away kind of, it's very, it's, it's very potent. Um, and so from the breath sessions, you know, we, we integrate lecturing in throughout the whole thing. So there's no, like, at least for me, there's no real big, like one lecture time, but it's all just teaching throughout the way, keeping people engaged, keeping people going. And then we finish the workshop in the ice water. And, you know, so, um, we, we baptize you on the way out and <laughs> basically, uh, that, that gives you the real stress. You get the real engagement, the real opportunity to know how to use the breath in the moment, right then and there. Um, and then we do lots of hugging, man, some coffee drinking. There's, uh, there are post ice training exercises. Now this is the gold and I, I'm just going to leave the mystique around this. The post ice training is where you really learn what is the physiology is, is capable of and learning how to detach from sensation, which is a very powerful thing. It's a really interesting thing of learning how to totally detach from things that, that are going on to the point of, of just it's, it can be very blissful. And so post ice training and then hugs, and that's the Brandon Powell workshop in four hours. Now I do retreats as well. And uh, we had a lot on the table prior to 2020. Um, I'm back to doing my four-hour workshops, uh, traveling around the country, uh, going to various places, um, CrossFits and, and martial arts schools. But uh, also, um, you know, uh, I work with different uh, business companies and so forth. The, the, um, the workshops, though, will be back on the retreats, I should say, will be back on uh, for this coming uh, fall and winter. And those experiences to me are just they're second to none because it's an immersion. And, you know, and a lot of times we integrate the, uh, you know, things like uh, um, the enlisted work, like the vocabulary work and, um, you know, other other tools to kind of bring things. Um, yeah, so. I'm getting ready to do a really cool one here in Utah and uh, uh, we're going to be in Bryce Canyon. We're going to be in um, uh, uh, Zion. Uh, so we're, we mix a lot of excursions into nature, real connection to nature, getting into the water in nature when possible. Um, and, or, you know, we have the ice baths and then there's a, uh, 
the inclusiveness, man. Everybody, you know, we bring the food, we bring it all, we bring the party. Everybody just comes. It's a good time, man, on the retreats. So that's kind of how you train with me at this point. Mm. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. I love it. This is, man, this has been informative and enlightening, enlightening, useful, everything. Uh, and, and I could just, man, we could keep going all day and uh, we'll have to chat more because we're doing a, a little retreat in the summer and we'd love to have you uh, part of it if, if possible. And we'll, we'll be talking more about that later. Um, anyway, Brandon, I meet you guys <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much yeah. for jumping on. Absolutely. And as always, uh, keep learning, guys. Thanks for listening. If you loved this podcast, then share it. Tell all your friends. Hit the copy button. Copy the link. Choose five friends in your contact list on your phone and send it out let them know what they can expect from it too because we are on a mission here to change the world and we want to help as many people as possible so if you know anyone who can benefit from hearing what we have to say or what our guests have to say then send it over it's not going to do them any good if they don't hear it another way you can support us and support the podcast is really simply go on to apple or go on to spotify and rate the thing give us a five-star review write us a little note let us know how we're doing shoot us a dm on instagram whatever it takes let us know so we know that we're on the right track and we know that we're providing content that is actually relevant to what you are needing and what you are looking for and if it's not hey maybe we can help so do your job Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it.